What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Everyday Eddie podcast, where it's not a professional podcast, but it is a professional something. Uh, yeah, it's Eddie. I'm back again, and today is June 4th. Yeah, we made it out of April and May, and now we're into June. Yes, wait, what? I said today is June 4th. What does that mean? Yes, I am recording the episode right now on the day it's supposed to launch. Why? Because the world has gone fucking crazy, and I was highly unmotivated, because when you have to think about all the things that's going on in today's society, and today's world, kind of don't want to record an episode. Actually, I really wanted to record this episode, but I also got caught up in a very long binge of Pokemon. Don't judge me. I'm a man-child. Everyone that I'm friends with knows this. They respect it. It's okay. I'm at peace. My dog is walking over. Anyway, today, today, we're going to be a little bit lighthearted, and y'all going to see another side of me. And what inspired today's episode? Well, I have to call out my brother for that. Yeah, I'm calling you out, bro. Because he called me on the original day that the NASA SpaceX was supposed to launch. He's like, yo, you watching the shuttle launch? Me not knowing it was going on until I'd seen it on Twitter like 20 minutes prior. Nah, I'm, I wasn't planning to. Why? He's like, nah, you're a blurred. I figured you'd be into that shit. I've never been so offended. Because I'd only call myself a blurred a couple of times, which, for those of you who don't know what blurred is, is black nerd. Kind of fitting. Um, but to actually be called that by my own family, it was just like, et two, Brutus? Et two? So, I figured why not lean into that? And, yeah, today's episode is going to be a nerdy one. Um... For future context, uh, I figured out what I was going to do, which I think I explained it, but just to reiterate, it's not going to happen this week, because of course I'm recording this right before it's supposed to go out, and so much shitty things are happening that really it's hard to find something positive to talk about, but usually episodes like this that are probably going to only end up being like about 30 minutes, um, I'll give you two. And the other one is going to be like a half episode that goes up either the day of or the couple days before the main episode. And then you'll get this. But on episodes where it's like an hour long, uh, I'll give you guys a whole big splurge. So you'll just get that one episode for the week. Um, Or if I feel that the 2.30 minutes go good together i might just mesh them together it all depends on when i record them uh so you might hear two different intros two different dates um but yeah that's the plan so uh for the blurred shit that we're talking about today uh i like to read i like to write and i like looking at other people's art because i can't draw for shit so we're going to delve into comic books and manga because it perfectly meshes those three together. Um, manga, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, is Japanese comic books that read from right to left instead of our traditional left to right. Um, 
yeah, I had to think about left to right, right? Because I'm so used to reading manga sometimes. I'm so used to reading manga sometimes that I forget which way. And some books actually kind of read right to left occasionally. I don't know. I know I spent so much time reading manga as a kid that uh, I would get confused and I'd open a book and I'm just like, wait, what, what, which way am I supposed to? Yeah, it, it's bad. It got, it got really bad. I was, I was in a hole. But, yeah, so, uh, comics. Uh, a lot of you only know Marvel and DC, but there's plenty of other comics like Dark Horse, Image, IDW, that you probably didn't realize had comics for some of your favorite stuff, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Spawn. So, it's really crazy how a lot of these smaller comics are kind of bought up by the larger industries, such as Marvel, such as DC. Uh, and then you don't really get to see them too often. But then when your characters do make that appearance, oh, it's so much fun. Like Milestone Comics, uh, they own Static Shock, which most of you know is a very popular kid's show. Um, DC bought out Milestone Comics. But there's certain things that they can and can't do with him. So because of licensing, it's really, really weird. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, so I'll probably give you guys some of my favorite superheroes, some of my favorite villains. Um, and then when it comes to the manga section, I'll probably give you guys more of like my favorite anime and manga to read that you can also get into if it's you're looking for something kind of weird uh to binge or even just get into because they're short bite size um and it's really cool so let's get in all right so we're gonna start off with everyone's favorite and i like it too but it's not my personal favorite so marvel comics marvel is basically mortals becoming gods, essentially is the theme. Because um, they're everyday average people, specifically Spider-Man, uh, that you kind of see them ascend to become something more. They're not something more coming down and making themselves more human. They're humans making themselves rise above everything else. Um, and a lot of the storylines in Marvel are just, in my opinion, they're good. Some of them could be better. But, eh, we'll go into some of that. So, if I had to say who my favorite uh, Marvel characters are, number one, definitely going to cap it off at Spider-Man. Uh, both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Because they're, one, his suits, like, Aside from his normal suit, their variant suits are so cool. Like the symbiote suit, which is like all black with like white on the hand, on the back of the hands, the white eyes, and then the long white spider on the front and the back. Oh, that suit is just so cool. Or like the iron spider suit, which is the red with the gold. Not like how it is in the movies, but like the actual like gold trimmings with the white eyes and then the spider. And then it has a little bulb on the back where the spider legs come out of oh 
that suit is dope too um but spider-man is definitely like one of those heroes that is definitely more relatable from the marvel verse um just because his struggles the struggle of the everyday man you know he's out here saving the world but he still ain't paying his rent or he's just got evicted or he has to move back in with his aunt so like spider-man um at least peter parker and then miles morales being the black hispanic um character that he is and having to live up to a legacy that was made by someone that everyone revered or people hated him at first but he's then revered and then to take that and turn it into something on his own uh those were great and if i had to uh say like definitely if you want to get into spider-man um definitely i like tom holland spider-man but if you really want to get into it, I'd say look at the Sam Raimi with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man because those just had some quality moments. Or Into the Spider-Verse, those were like some good movies for that. Um, next, my favorite hero is Captain America, uh, which is kind of surprising considering everything that he stands for is truth, justice, and the American way. But he's really cool um, in the fact that his storylines don't just have him being the typical American soldier, uh, punching out Nazis, saving the day, protecting America and all its freedoms, but he actually goes through different growing arcs of the America that he knew back in World War II is not the same America that we have today. So kind of just him adjusting to that, especially there's plenty of times where he's actually put down the shield um, as Steve Rogers and as uh, Sam Wilson, who most people know as the Falcon, um, he they both have, you know, fought against the ideals of what modern America is at some point being disillusioned um, with what the flag should actually stand for. So I think that's really cool um, and interesting that they would get into those topics at a time where you know, everyone is just so proud to be American. Um, so that's why I like Captain America. Plus, the shield is pretty cool. His powers, eh, he's a soldier. He's the super soldier, quote-unquote. Um, I mean, that's really cool. As far as when it comes to Marvel heroes, I also like Agent Venom. Uh, which is basically the Venom symbiote, but uh, after Flash Thompson, who is a known spider uh, bully for Spider-Man when he's Peter Parker back in high school and occasionally college. Uh, so him coming back from the war and not being the same person that he was and dealing with PTSD and alcoholism, uh, which is something that his father also struggled with because his father used to abuse him, uh, was just an interesting take, especially being that he survived after losing his legs, but still wanting to help and serve the government and being like the soldier that they need, uh, choosing to rise up and be, use the Venom symbiote for good. Um, that was a really cool storyline. I really like Venom in all aspects, like the hero Venom and the villain Venom, who is my other favorite character, uh, Eddie Brock, just being that kind of antithesis for everything that Spider-Man represents, not really represents, but just stands for. I don't know, that to me was always really 
special. Not special, but kind of just inspiring. I like when they have villains that mirror the hero. It always makes for such good storylines. Because it's always a view of, I am who you could have been if something else had happened to you. Which is something I have to say Marvel does a lot of. Um, They have a lot of, if you're familiar with your heroes as you know them now. uh, With Marvel, I would definitely suggest looking into their What If series. Because their What If series definitely takes a deeper dive into um, what would have happened to these heroes. Would they still have risen up? Or would they have just been them? Um, So, uh, with Marvel, uh, Venom's like the main villain that you kind of like. Marvel, to me, they have okay storylines, but they're not that compelling, in my opinion. Um, because nothing about the villain in Marvel stories usually makes me say, hey, I kind of side with the villain on this one, like, systems, because Marvel's more, Marvel's the traditional comic. You have your good guys, you have your bad guys, and it's a very clear-cut line where they stand. Um... Which makes it hard for me to pick out Marvel storylines that I like. But if I had to say my top one overall Marvel storyline that I will rant and rave about. um, It's actually a two-part storyline. So it starts off with Planet Hulk. Which is the Hulk. um, Some of the smartest minds on Earth. Which would be Charles Xavier, Namor, Black Bolt. Uh... Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man, if I said Professor X, I don't remember, but yeah, um, Professor X, Doctor Strange, I might have renamed some of them, but yeah, they call themselves the Illuminati, and what they do is they decide the Hulk is too dangerous to leave on Earth, he will never find the peace that he is searching for if he stays on Earth, we need to get rid of him. So what they do is they lure him onto a spaceship, and they fly him away to a random planet uh, which is supposed to have no life on it just vegetation it's inhabitable he can be by himself and get all the peace that he wants cool whatever uh what they did not account for was the fact that the ship got moved off of its trajectory so instead he lands on planet sakar (laughs) which then uh long story short he ends up becoming the ruler of the planet everyone loves him he feels like he finally belongs which now leads us to World War Hulk. So all good things must come to an end. And the ship explodes. The very same ship that brought him to the planet. Detonated. Hulk. Having. Uh, at this point in the storyline. Hulk is kind of merged with Banner. So he's as smart as Banner is. When in his Hulk form. Uh, maybe not that smart. Like. Because Banner is like one of the top 10 smart people in the world. But pretty smart. Um, so thinking, so this was their plan all along. Lull me into a false sense of security. 
and you're going to blow up my planet or wherever I am. What makes it worse that his ship blew up? Not only did his people get killed, but his wife and child are killed in the explosion. Uh, so Hulk, naturally, is fuming. He is pissed. So naturally, he does what any sane person would do. He declares war on the Illuminati. And, oh, it is a war. Um, one of the Hulk's nicknames is the World Breaker. And in case you don't know, yes, the Hulk is a hulking green beast. Um, who, which Marvel movies, for some reason, nerfed the hell out of. But what makes the Hulk so fascinating of a character, not fascinating, but just oh, so powerful, is that the matter he gets, the stronger he gets. So then, oh, I can't tell you. Imagine how pissed you would be losing the love of your life and your unborn ch- ch- child. Yeah. And then just thinking about how badly everyone's treated you when all you wanted was to be left alone and you wanted peace and to help occasionally. Yeah, no. Uh, Hulk rips through literally everyone and it is great. So that's my favorite storyline. My second favorite storylines would go with uh, Civil War, but not how you understood it in the movie. So the comic version of the Civil War essentially is you know everyone's kind of it starts off with an unsanctioned op by Nick Fury into Latveria um, just to find out it was an LMD who told them to do it so the world was on edge because you know heroes they shouldn't be active in Latveria which is owned by Dr. Doom uh, one of the villains of the Fantastic Four so everyone's pretty tense about that Lead into, uh, there was a few, another incident. It's called the Stanford incident. Uh, not like the college experiments, but what happened was a bunch of young heroes called the New Warriors were chasing down a bad guy. He ended up, they chased him into the middle of a street in Stanford, Connecticut. The New Warriors show had a show which was televised to show people like everything that they were doing and how they were trying to help and better the communities around in different places. So they corner the guy, he's in the middle of the street and the guy just explodes. That's his legitimate power. He explodes. Um, it happened to be near a school in the middle of a week in midday where a bunch of the casualties was about 300 people, all of them civilians, I think at least two, at least 200, maybe 250 of the 300 were children. So naturally, everybody's pissed. So, superhero registration, uh, which, following the same lines of the movie, you must register. Uh, what they want is your name and your power. You cannot operate as a hero without giving them this. 
If you do, you'll be taken to jail. Um, naturally, as you saw in the movie, Captain America and Iron Man, different size. Iron Man, hey, we need to get the people back on our side. After everything happens, we can adjust and we can make changes. Captain America, no, we can't have the government stepping in when we're trying to do our jobs. Uh, it makes it harder for us to act. So they disagree. People who side with Captain America go underground and become quote-unquote secret Avengers. People who side with Iron Man, everyone's still shaky about it, but they believe it's the best course of action. Um, so Tony Stark gets the bright idea. I need people on my side. I need this to work. So he goes to the one person he knows he can trust. Spider-Man. Tell Spider-Man, hey, if you register for this, it will get more people on our side and it will keep people safe. Spider-Man's a little hesitant uh, because, you know, he has his wife at the time, Mary Jane Watson, and then he has Aunt May. Uh, so he's like, I don't know. I don't want to put my family in danger. He's like, it's fine. We'll move them into Avengers Mansion. Spider-Man's like, all right, yeah, who's going to attack a building full of superheroes? He unveils himself to the world as Peter Parker. And cue the fighting. <laughs> Basically, everything goes to shit very fast, very quickly. Um, and they're rounding up heroes and throwing them into the negative zone. What makes this worse is that Tony Stark is now employing the use of villains to help uh, bring in heroes. And there are 42... Because it was the 50-state initiative... Yeah, so the 50-state initiative was basically, hey, we're going to do which was basically a bunch of different plans. An Avengers uh, facility in every state with an Avengers team. Uh, and there was a bunch of different plans. And among those plans was Plans 42, which is essentially them imprisoning people in the negative zone. Um, they don't go over every plans, but a lot of the plans got worse. Uh, eventually, there was so much fighting, and Thor at the time was missing so and hulk was gone uh, they just weren't involved in this storyline um so tony and reed richards mr fantastic had the bright idea of cloning thor and it goes horribly wrong and he ends up killing someone um with that they realized the the useless bloodshed was not worth the risk. So Captain America surrenders. And upon his surrendering, it brings us to the uh, Cap Die storyline. Um, which kind of sucked. Um, and then them deciding to veto <laughs> the, the superhuman registration bill. Um, which leads to the next storyline that is probably one of my favorites which is the Spider-Man One More Day basically with everything that happened Spider-Man ended up switching sides realizing that Tony Stark had gone crazy and the Superhero Registration Act was just plain wrong so he moves his family out of Avengers Tower 
uh, and his aunt's attacked. She's not going to make it. So Spider-Man, you know, he finds the person who attacked his mom, or his aunt, and he's sad. He's crying. What can he do, essentially, at this point? And he makes a deal uh, with Mephisto, who is the Lord of Hell. Uh, either him or Mary Jane made the deal. Um, that they would basically forget their marriage. Which was... And it's just one of, like, the more... And they spend, like, a whole day together um, doing it. And it's just... It, it's a heart-wrenching story. Like, it was definitely one of the ones that, I, when I read it, I was just like, oh, my heart. Um, that's three. I'll give you guys one more. Um, the last storyline that I really enjoyed, um, which was a Spider-Man, is the superior uh, Spider-Man storyline, which essentially, Doc Ock is dying. He somehow manages to transfer his brain pattern and overwrite uh, Peter Parker's. So now it's Doc Ock in Spider-Man's body, which was phenomenal. And, like, there's still a part of Peter that was alive, and Doc Ock squashed it. So there's no more Peter Parker. But, you know, throughout the course of uh, the story arc, it's not only Doc Ock saying, hey, I'm going to become the... Of course, he always plays with the squeaky toy when I'm doing this. He's not like, I'm not just going to be this better Spider-Man. I'm going to be a better Peter Parker as well. And just him doing things to improve uh, his own, but also Peter Parker's life. And thanks, Brian. And other things to make crime fighting easier for himself. Uh, and as my dog is playing that, that's it for Marvel. Next, we're going to move into DC. As my dog continues to play with his squeaky toy. So next we move on to my personal favorite, which is DC Comics. Now the reason why I like DC Comics is because they are God among men. Which is basically, most of these characters are legitimate gods. Who are trying to just become ordinary people or connect with the human experience. And the storylines for uh, DC are pretty bleak <laughs> like you think there's hope and then it's just like nah no not at all like oh and then there's so many different universes that i mean marvel used to play around with their multiverse but then they just kind of squashed it all together whereas dc like it's still there like there's a whole red sun storyline where what if what would have happened if superman landed in russia instead of america uh all that storyline is so great um but surprisingly not really one of my favorites um but before i get into my favorite storylines i'm just going to talk about some of my favorite heroes in dc and as opposed to uh marvel i can like i don't connect but i can sympathize sometimes with the heroes and the villains um so one of my favorite heroes or anti-heroes, actually, is the Red Hood, which is Jason Todd, a.k.a. the second Robin. Um, 
what's cool about him was he was the second Robin, like I said, but he was an orphan, raised on the streets. Father was a career criminal. Mother was a junkie. Uh, and his approach to, like, he was, like, an okay Robin to start. And then his approach to villainy, like, to villains as he got older was more like, why are we just beating them up and sending them to jail? Like, we should make these guys really not want to do it. So he'd get more aggressive, use more harmful maneuvers on villains um, until he eventually passed away. Uh, he was resurrected. Uh, realized that the person who killed him, because I want to talk about the storyline later, um, is still alive, and he's upset. So he goes after Batman and the person that killed him. Very elaborate scheme. If, scheme, scheme. Um, if you want to watch it instead of reading it, I definitely recommend watching the movie Under the Red Hood. It gives a lot of backstory to it. Um, so... Uh, it ends up being, uh, you know, he's messing with Batman and everything, and Batman doesn't realize that he's come back to life. So what, when he finally realizes that it is uh, his Robin, uh, Jason Todd said there's basically nothing you can do. So from that point on, Batman treats his second son oh not only did he realize he was unavenged he was uh, replaced by another person which not willingly at first but eventually like you know he was replaced so uh he becomes a kind of foil for the bat family where he takes their ideals ideals and kind of twisted them where he's more an aggressive he's a villain for them like to the bat family like he'll actively go out of his way uh, to begin with, to stop them and cause problems for them, uh, while also killing or consolidating um, the criminals under himself, uh, to eventually becoming sort of like the anti-hero, where he's killing, but uh, it's not really his, like he's killing, but he's only killing sometimes, like it's on a case-by-case basis. So that kind of gets him in kind of good with the Bat family again. And he's still a member at some points, but he's more of like the person the Bat family has where it's like, hey, we have this moral dilemma. And he he straight up said to them, like, listen, you guys just want me here so I can clear your consciences about whether it's right or wrong to kick this member out of the family. Because you know, I'm going to say, the piece of shit deserved it. <laughs> and they're all just kind of looking at him like, I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but still, killing is bad. He's like, yeah, but... And then he lists out all the crimes, and he's like, I think it was better to be safe than sorry, and it was just... It was a lot. <laughs> um, so Jason Todd definitely top, t- top one of... Uh, my favorite characters in all of comic books, um, but mostly the DC. Uh, favorite character number two, Static Shock. He was a kid who was getting bullied, and 
he was friends with some gang members, and they're like, hey, yo, be here. We're going to take care of your problem for you. And he ends up at a gang war on the docks. Police show up. They start shooting. Oh, by the way, let me mention that Static, uh, a.k.a. Virgil Hawkins, is black. <laughs> and this is all taking place in Detroit <laughs> um, when the comic was made. Uh, or even if you watch the show, shows, Chef Kiss, um, they start shooting. And they end up shooting highly uh, flammable containers, which happen to have chemicals in them. And that night is known as the Big Bang. And anyone who comes out of that is a bang baby. And some of the people died. Some of them got powers. So basically, Static it, like just basically steps up to make his city a safer place. And one of his friends, uh, Richie Foley, who's white, uh, I, I, I feel the need because a clip of it has been trending on Twitter with everything that's going on. But uh, eventually, like, from the residual gas that Virgil had on his clothes when he saw Richie, eventually turned him into a bang baby named Gear, who could, who was basically, like, the smartest man ever um, for DC. But, yeah, like, the animated show definitely does a better job with Static than the comics do. So I would recommend that, but he definitely became one of my favorite uh, characters, um, cause he was kind of, aside from Green Lantern, like, Green Lantern, oh, cool, a ring, I can make anything I want, um, I don't know, Virgil was kind of, like, the first African-American hero that I saw on TV that looked like me, that I felt had powers and could relate to me more than the Green Lanterns could. So I really just vibed with him a lot more. Um, so that's why he's my number two favorite uh, DC comic book hero. Um, number three. If I had to pick a third, I'd definitely say Superboy. Um, the clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. Uh, a lot of his powers are somewhat Kryptonian in origin, but whatever he doesn't have, he uh, can replicate with his tactical telekinesis, which is pretty cool. Um, his best iteration, in my opinion, was in the comic books, um, and also Young Justice as a TV show, but that was his only iteration, but definitely in the comic books, um, more so New 52, and a little bit before that, uh, basically Superman kind of rejects him, so he doesn't really have that relationship with his mentor for a while. But as time goes on, like, they kind of become not father and son, but closer to brothers. So, I don't know. Um, that really interested me as long as well as the, like, just wanting to fit in, um, especially with his friends. But as far as heroes, like, those are kind of, like, my top three. Um, whereas villains, oh, my God. Poison Ivy, probably top five of my favorite villains. Um because of her want to basically save the earth and mother nature. But she goes about it by killing people because, wow, shocker, peaceful protests did not work. Trying to make science show that people were killing the earth did not work. 
So what does she do? She kills people. Great. I love her. Um, another top five for me would be Joker. It's shocking. Batman villains. Can you guess what my favorite? I mean, my top one is a Batman sidekick. So uh, anyway, uh, with Joker, yes, favorite villain because he's crazy for the sake of crazy, but also because beneath all the craziness is like society pushed me to be this way. So why shouldn't I be this way? How are you going to fault me? And I'm going to show you guys that society can make you just as crazy as it made me. Which to me was just like... I don't know. The Joker's just so masterful. Um, another villain I like is Eobar Thawne. Uh Shout out to my homie who loves the Flash. Um, he's a cool villain because he is the reverse Flash. Um, essentially, the Flash had traveled forward in time and met Eobard. Uh, Eobard had been a uh, big fan of the Flash. And what Eobard had done was he had set up crimes. This might be one of the newer origins for him, but uh, he had set up crimes to solve with the Flash. So he could show the Flash, like, hey, I'm just as good as you. Like, you're my hero. Like, But once the Flash realized what he was doing... He fought and arrested Eobard. Um, so Eobard then went back in time and killed the Flash's mother in order to show him, like, well, uh, fuck you, <laughs> essentially. Um, so Eobard going back in time is essentially what made the Flash the Flash. And it was always interesting to me because that's like a common case of don't meet your heroes sometimes because you try to do too much and they just end up disappointing you. In this case, he was so disappointed and disillusioned that he became the bad guy. The Flash's ultimate bad guy. Um, oh, I think there's like one, one villain. Who else do I really like? I like Bizarro, but that's just like a clone of Superman that went wrong. And it's kind of just me. But in the new 50, or the DC Rebirth storylines to whatever DC is now, Bizarro is, like, so much cooler. Because before, they made him, like, an idiot with the antithesis of all, like, instead of heat vision, he has uh, freeze eye, heat freeze vision. Instead of uh, super, or chilling breath, he has heat breath. Um, But in the newer storylines, he's definitely stupid still. But he's also smart enough to be, like, mid-range, mid-years Hulk. Where the Hulk was, like, could say words and form sentences. It's like this, except everything he says is the opposite. Um, But he understands, like, he says, me do good. um, As in, like, I did bad job. But if you say, like, no, bud, you you did good. So, like, he'll understand, like, oh, you're saying I did good when I thought I did bad. So, it, it's really interesting. Like, I, I liked him. He's become definitely a more compelling character to read over the years. Um, but as far as my favorite DC story, okay, top one. Top, top one. Um, the killing joke into the... Uh, death of the family 
or death in the family. Death of the family is a later storyline. Um, so the killing joke is essentially the Joker goes to Commissioner Gordon, or, um, and this is where it gets dark and gritty, and I would skip like the next like five minutes if you can't handle this. Or no, I'll tell you when to skip. All right, so essentially, the Joker convinces Commissioner Gordon, uh, or tells Commissioner Gordon that one bad day is all it takes, and you'll crack like me. Commissioner Gordon's like, I will never be anything close to what you are, you monster. Joker says, I bet. He goes into a hospital. Kidnaps, or not kidnaps, but he like messes with all the babies, threatening to kill them. Uh, And he ends up, mind you, I'm a little foggy because some of these I haven't read in a while. Uh, But he ends up face to face with a nurse and he throws the baby and the nurse goes to catch him. The nurse catches the baby and the Joker shoots her. So this is a distraction. So while Batman and Commissioner Gordon are investigating what the Joker did at the hospital, he goes to Barbara Gordon. Okay, you're going to want to skip like at least five minutes. Um, not even, two minutes. But uh, he goes to Barbara Gordon's apartment, shoots her in the stomach. Uh, you'll later find, it later comes to find out that she's paralyzed. But while he's there, he undresses her, uh, and it's never confirmed or denied, but it's alluded to that he rapes Barbara Gordon and then takes pictures of her while she's laying in her blood uh, naked. So then, uh, you know, they eventually find out Gordon's pissed, and he goes to a carnival, or the Joker eventually kidnaps him, or... He's at a carnival. No, Joker kidnaps him and ties him to a roller coaster. And while he's on the roller coaster, uh, shows Commissioner Gordon all the pictures that he took of Barbara after he shot her while she's naked. And eventually Batman comes and, you know, stops the Joker. Uh, Flash forward um, to death in the family. Uh, Essentially... Uh, Jason Todd's, a.k.a. the Red Hood, but at the time he was Robin, his attitude has become too reckless in the field. So Batman decides, hey, that's it. You can't go out as Robin anymore. Jason Todd's upset. Um, So he goes back to where Batman found him, which was Crime Alley, and he visits an old neighbor, and he comes to find out that the mother that he thought raised him isn't actually his biological mother. So he goes, he does some research and finds out that the woman with the initials SH are, um, is somewhere out in the Middle East. So he flies out without Batman. Batman uh, is tracking the Joker because the Joker has stolen an atomic weapon or a nuclear weapon. And was and had fled the country. So Batman, of course, goes and where does uh, he go? The Middle East. Shocking, like the Middle East going down towards Africa. So essentially, at the first person that Robin finds, um, Batman also shows up, and they end up taking down some terrorists. 
Joker's not there. They decide their cases might be connected. Uh, so they continue. The next person that they track down is a trainer for the League of Assassins named Lady Shiva. They battle her, but it turns out she's not Jason's mother. But she's had, but she does gloat that I have multiple children all over the world. Uh, it hints to something later. Um, so, um, they go to the third woman. It turns out this is Robin's mother. The Joker's nearby. Robin, you can go meet your mother. I'm going to track the Joker. Um, Robin meets his mother and turns out uh, Batman was on a wild goose chase. The Joker has Jason Todd's mother and now has Jason Todd. Um, He proceeds to, or tricks her into giving up Jason Todd to the Joker. Spoiler, Joker double, uh, double, double, double turns, or turns on her and kidnaps her. Uh, so her as well as Jason. So he takes them to some random remote warehouse, beats Jason Todd within an inch of his life, blows him up. Uh, the following storyline is called Under the Red Hood. Like I said, you can watch a movie to that, but to me, like those, like reading those, like in concession to each other, and then going back and uh, actually, it might have been Killing Joke into, uh, or it might have been Death in the Family to Killing Joke. But essentially, like yeah, that storyline uh, is one of my favorites. Uh, Next is Flashpoint Paradox. Flash goes back in time to save his might to save his mother from being killed by Eobarthon, which completely changes the timeline and gives us the new fifty two afterwards, which was eh. It was eh. it was it was very meh. That was just a very meh thing. Like eh, I, no one liked it. Um But yeah, it was pretty cool. Um like, some of the changes was Superman, instead of uh, being raised by the Kents, was taken into isolation. Um, Aquaman and Wonder Woman were having an affair, and when Aquaman's wife found out, Wonder Woman killed her, which then made Atlantis and the Amazons at war. Uh, all over, like, through America, the cyborg, cyborg Vic Stone, works for the U.S. government. Um... And basically just, like, the Flash is now powerless. And instead of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents being killed, Bruce Wayne is killed. Uh, His father becomes Batman and his mom. That's a spoiler. I mean, yeah, I've been giving spoilers to these storylines. But this one you actually have to read because it's very uh, interesting how everything turned out. Um, And then if I have to give a third storyline that you should check out, I would definitely recommend checking out, uh, what is it, what is it, what is it, oh, War of the Lanterns, that is definitely the coolest one, um, basically, the Black Lantern Corps, which is the Corps of Death, uh, comes back to, you know, gains a hold in modern day so every superhero in the dc universe that's ever died 
basically becomes a Black Lantern. And just so you know, everyone dies at some point in DC. It's crazy. So they basically have to... Uh... Oh, no, it's not called War of the Core. It's uh... Black as Night. Black as Night uh, into Brightest Day. Yeah, that storyline is phenomenally written and is one of the few storylines that actually did not get uh, rebooted into the New 52. So the New 52, everything changed for the time, like for all the other heroes, except for Green Lantern. His was like the one storyline that they kept going through New 52, which was great. Um, Highly recommend. Um, You get to see other sides of the other four Green Lanterns that are... um, there and you learn more about the orange lanterns the indigo the scarlet lanterns uh not scarlet the violet lanterns the red lanterns the white lanterns and the black lanterns definitely 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 top 10 recommendation there um and dc's animated movie list definitely 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 top tier would recommend um watching them especially this recent run it was very interconnected um and it gives you a view of the judas contract storyline which also one of my favorite storylines where um there's multiple variations but the most common variation is uh deathstroke had a contract to kill the titans um when deathstroke found out that his children joined the titans he was like okay i'm not gonna kill you guys provided you keep my children safe as long as you do that, we're cool. When Deathstroke's child, uh, Jericho, dies, or Grant, no, because Grant was the assassin, Jericho, Rose, yeah, so, either way, um, when he realizes that uh, one of his kids is dead, he's like, alright, all bets are off, I'm fulfilling the contract now, and it is just great, and it's so much intrigue and mystery to the multiple variations, definitely look it up. And then watch the movie, you'll get so much more, not love for it, but respect. Oh, and also the Tower of Battle. Yo, I could go on and on about different DC storylines. Like, oh, I love them so much. But we got to move on to my favorite topic, Animu. Alright, anime, 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 and manga. Love it, love it, love it. Um, right off the bat, if I'm going to recommend anything, uh, anime, manga, anime slash manga, because if you can read it, you can most, nine times out of ten, you can watch it, uh, because that's just how they are. Most anime usually end up with a manga adaptation, or most manga are the, have the anime adaptation. So first one, probably my favorite, probably the first thing that got me interested in anime, which, spoiler alert. If you've watched Digimon or Pokemon or Sailor Moon as a child, yeah, I'll admit it, I watched Sailor Moon or Zoids or Cowboy Bebop or Code Geass or Gundam, you've watched an anime. Ha, ha, ha. Or Avatar The Last Airbender, that's an Americanized anime. Anyway, so first thing I will recommend, favorite anime, Yu Yu Hakusho. Kid, about 14 years old, gets hit by a car. Uh, he's a delinquent, by the way. Uh, so he gets hit by a car, saving a child's life. He's approached by the Grim Reaper and is told, Hey, I'm willing to give you another chance at life. 
what the fuck does a kid do? Takes it. And basically his journey from there, uh, after he comes back to life, it's like, hey, we gave you your life back. You kind of owe us a little bit. So we want you to be our spirit detective. Um, which it, it's great. If you like action and compelling storylines and characters you can really like get behind, I would definitely recommend Yu Yu Hakusho. Top, top, top tier anime slash manga of all time. Uh, number two is Shaman King. The manga for this is going to be a little bit harder to find, but essentially uh, it's about kids who can talk to ghosts and they can use these ghosts uh, as weapons to help them fight. Uh, super uh, spiritual, um, but really cool. Deals with a lot of older Japanese customs, uh, or I shouldn't say Japanese, but Western customs. Um, and I really enjoy it. Enjoyed it while it was around. Um, by the way, most manga that you pick up, at most, maybe like 40 pages. Um, if you go online, it's about 15 or 20. Which, by the because the volumes uh, have... Like, it condenses, like, three uh, different chapters into one volume. And then uh, the bigger volume is, like, uh, like issues one through three of the comic. So it's going to have, like, about oh, 120 pages. Which, by the way, when it comes to manga and anime, please, 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 please support the official release. If you end up reading something or watching something and you like it, please support it. Because the more we support it here, the more likely it is to get moved over. And we get stuff like movies and merchandising and uh, longer runs for the series. It is so, so important that we don't pirate things. I used to pirate things in the past. Um, when it came to uh, anime and manga, just because a lot of it is pretty hard to get in America, which, okay, slight obsession, like, exception to the rule, but please, please, please support the official release, please, 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 there are multiple websites, there's Funimation.com, there's Crunchyroll, there's Hulu has anime, Netflix has anime, VRV.co has anime, and they even have Nick cartoons on them. So please, please, please support the official release. Release, please. All right. Um, aside from that tangent. Oh, Demon Slayer is really cool. Uh, kid's sister gets bit by a demon. So his goal is to find a cure. Um, so he becomes some uh, a demon slayer. Um, and basically it's his journey making friends. That manga actually just ended. Season one ended uh, I want to say earlier this year, there's a movie coming out later this year and the manga just finished. So you can actually read everything and then watch the anime. Um, there's also, you know, Zatch Bell uh, was a really good uh, anime slash manga. Uh, Rampa, uh, that one, interesting enough. Uh, it does have a manga, but it's unique in the sense that the manga only covers the first season. So what it is, and it was 
actually originally a game on PC. So you can watch the first season, but then season two, you can't watch or read. You actually have to play that one. Um, and then from there, season three is actually broken up into two, two different sections. And in order to understand it, you have to watch episode one of one and then episode one of the other and just go back and forth that way. Um, so that that's Danganronpa, um, which is basically uh, a school. A bunch of kids get accepted into this prestigious school. They arrive on the first day and uh, they wake up later. Um, they don't know how much time has passed. They assume it's just been a day, um, which, you know, but they meet a bear named Monokuma. And the bear tells them, hey, welcome to Hope's Peak Academy. If you guys want to survive, you have to get away with murdering one of your fellow classmates. If you guys guess wrong, uh, that's the only way to escape the school. You have to murder one of your fellow classmates. And then there will be a trial. At the trial, you have to figure out who killed the classmate. If everyone guesses wrong, the murderer, uh, the murderer gets to go free and you all die. If everyone guesses right, the murderer is killed. And it's really interesting and dark and deep and just cool. There's also Death Note, which is by far one of the highest rated or highest revered, in my opinion, anime slash manga of all time. Um, basically, a Shinigami is bored, comes to uh, the human world, and drops his notebook, which is called the Death Note. And one of the smartest kids in Japan ends up finding it. And what does he do with it? He, he thinks it's a hoax until the Shinigami uh, talks to him. Er, and then he decides to do his research on it. And then he meets with the Shinigami. And his plan is to change the world. So essentially what happens is if you write someone's name in the death note, after a certain amount of time, they'll pass away of a heart attack. Um, if you write the name... You and you can write how long before they die and their actions before they die. You can also uh, change what the cause of death is. Now, one of the rules into the death note is you must know have the person's face in your mind as you're writing their name. You must know their full name, otherwise the death note will not take effect. And just like how he maneuvers everything and. If, um, in order to make this happen, is great. Like, definitely top, top 10, um, in my opinion. Um, then there's, like, Dragon Ball Z, which is so basic. I, I don't really want to get into talking about Dragon Ball Z. Um, I want to hit some of y'all with some. Um, there's also a lot of slice of life anime, um, which are pretty interesting. There's, uh, Your Lie in April, which... I haven't personally seen, but has gotten pretty, pretty good reviews. Uh, there's one. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But the premise is The Guy's Neat, which stands for No Education, Apprenticeship, uh, or Training. So No Employment. Basically, it's someone who's done nothing with their life. So, he gets an offer 
to go back to high school. So he goes back to high school, and everything's supposed to be fine and dandy, until he realizes the guy that offered him a job is also at the high school with him. So basically, it's just to see if he can actually make something of his life, or if he'll just go back to being a neat by the time the program is over. And I loved it. I thought it was... Oh, it's called ReZero. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, it was so good. I watched it. It was it was great. Um, there's also one... One of my favorite YouTubers was in this one. Um, it's kind of weird, kind of on the more... Perverted side, but, you know, I gave it a try. And it's called My First Girlfriend is a Gal. Which... I don't fully understand what a gal is, it was, but um, it's a really cool show. Um, I haven't seen the manga for it, but it's definitely, it's about a guy who has a really big crush on this girl, and so he gathers up the courage to ask her out, and surprisingly she says yes, so it's basically him like dealing with now dating this girl who he's super intimidated by while also having fantasies because he has this image of her in his mind versus like the actual reality of who she is and what she portrays and that to me was a really good show um basically anime is all inclusive if you don't think you can watch an anime I guarantee you there's an anime that's you'll find that works for you. Um, There's a lot um, of varying varieties, like Death Note and Danganronpa are more the dramatic, drama-crime manga. Uh, Your Lie in April and Your Girl, or ReZero, or My Girlfriend is a Gal. Um, Those are more slice of life, like, your everyday, like, oh, this is cool, like, kids going to school, um, kind of like your soap operas, um, and then Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball Z, um, those are kind of more your typical shonen, where, oh, male character, he's gonna win, how does he gonna win, how does he improve, uh, Demon Slayer, um, and what's really cool about anime and manga is you kind of, for the most part, all these are going to take place in Japan. So you kind of get not a fully in-depth look, but you learn a lot about their culture. Uh, Some shows may only be subbed, which means you got to read subtitles. Some are actually dubbed, and you can listen to the voice actors and really like have an appreciation for how much time and things go into their work. But overall... Anime and manga are probably, like, the most inclusive forms of media I've ever seen. Like, yeah, it gets really weird and pervy sometimes. More times than I would like to admit. Cause, but some of those shows that are kind of like that um, are very um, plot-driven, some of them. Um, and it's just like, hey, we're going to throw in some a little bit of, like, fan service so you can you know, kind of relate to how these characters feel in this moment, or even just, hey, we want to keep you interested. You may not like the plot so much, so 
here's something to keep you watching. Um, but I don't know. I just feel more, not more connected, but it's definitely anime keeps you more. I don't know. I just feel like there's something for everyone, even if you don't know what you're looking for. Like, there's some times where I'll be looking for something to watch, and it's like, don't want to watch this cartoon, don't want to watch this cartoon, don't want to watch this. And then, like, I'll just be like, ah, or I don't want to watch this sitcom, I don't want to watch this show, I'm tired of watching this show. What What am I in the mood for? And it's just like, ah, let me see what animes are out now. Um, there's a whole uh, show called Shokugeki, which is uh, basically called Food Wars. And it's a whole show just about cooking. There's shows about volleyball. There's shows about tennis. There's shows about football. And like I said, there's an anime for it just because, like, I have more time to watch than I do to actually go to a store and read some of these manga. Um, I mean, I have time to read some of them. But sometimes I just want that condensed 30 minutes and I don't always have the money to go out and buy more manga. Whereas, like, I pay 10 bucks for a subscription for some anime. And it's just like, okay, all the anime I can watch. And it's, it's good. Like, I definitely recommend um, finding at least one anime and giving it a try. And if you don't like it, then hey, maybe it's definitely not for you. But I'm sure there's something you can find. Uh, either way... Thank you for listening to the Everyday Eddie podcast. This episode will be up in a couple minutes on the same day that I recorded it. And now I am going to get ready for work. Um, remember, stay safe, wash your hands. And in a time of violence and protest, be a little bit kinder to one another. Love each other. And I hope I was able to take your mind off something with my ranting and nerding. Love you guys. And this is the awkward part because my phone locked. <laughs> All right. Smooches.